If you're like me, watching little kids do an Easter egg hunt is a pretty beautiful thing. But I always feel bad for the littlest of the pack. It always seems so traumatizing to see that little one run for an egg she has her eye on, only to have a bigger kid sweep in and steal it at the last second. Hi, it's Doug Hastings with Moody Radio. And unfortunately, this same kind of situation has become a traumatizing reality for families all across the country. Families are out searching and finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. Which is why I'd really like you to meet my friends at United Faith Mortgage. Unfortunately, this faith-focused mortgage team can't scare off the other hunters, but they can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. They've specifically made a commitment to this podcast and our listeners to do all they can to help you. You can find the entire United Faith Mortgage story and especially read how their direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp., 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. This is Ed Stetzer Live, and we are excited to come to you this and every Saturday this time, different time zones across across the country. Many of you also listen asynchronously. That's a term we all started using during COVID. Uh, every day my daughter says, oh, I have asynchronous school today today or synchronous school today. Well, you can listen asynchronously. Some of you already are by downloading the podcast. Go to edstetzerlive.com. You'll be able to find that there as well. Our great team makes that happen every single week. So you want to listen in as well. Going to introduce our guest in just a moment, but I, I, I want to have a little bit of like a fan reaction to next week's guest and then this week's guest. So just, just kind of building it in two parts, building it in two parts. But next week, Angie, you're going to like this. Michael W. Smith. So friends are friends forever. Oh yeah. Well, does he still wear argyle? He does. He does. And we sang. You know, this was like my. I, I'm gonna. I got interest, Angie. But just a second. But I just wanted to sing with him. Friends are friends forever. But he wouldn't sing with me. He I, I want to get my lighter out right exactly, now. While you're doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was the greatest. Yeah. Anyway. But so that's next week for Father's Day weekend. But our guest this week's even better. So let me tell you about her. Oh. <laughs> stop. Angie Ward's a leadership author and teacher. Nearly 30 years experience in church parachurch christian higher education ministry she's an award-winning regular contributor to christianity today's leadership publications she's also a highly regarded teacher and collaborative leader she currently serves as the assistant director of the doctor of ministry program here at denver seminary welcome to the program angie thank you and it's really good to be here good to be here can you sing could you have song can you sing friends or friends or trying to find my place in this world oh, oh my place in this <laughs> I know, world it's like the i know exactly of our now lives. Gonna, i know i gotta listen i know to now my... you gotta listen everyone's yeah. gotta listen next week but angie everyone's gotta listen this week we're gonna have a great conversation today uh, as i've been lately i'm actually here at cherry hills community church where we've set up a studio uh because i'm preaching here often on the weekends and so one of the great things we'll do is to draw from some denver guests live and one of the wonderful seminary here, Denver Seminary, Uh, know the president, know some of the leaders, some of the professors, and so great to, well, draw from their strong 
list of wonderful thinkers and contributors. So Angie uh, has a book. It is called It's In My Hands Right Now. It's like the forward is actually by, or the endorsement on the front is by a good friend of ours, Jenny, yeah. Jenny Katrin. Um, and, but the book is called I Am a Leader When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling, published by Nav Press. Must be a thing. You people in Denver got to publish in Colorado Springs. That's right. So. Although I was not in Denver when You were this in Indianapolis. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. And so, you know, just a lot of people enthusiastic about the book as, as well. Me, me as well. And so excited to kind of jump into the conversation as well. It is fun to look at your endorsements and see people like Tammy Dunne, who's yeah. a great friend and, and folks like that. Okay, so um, we're going to talk some about leadership today. Now, here's the thing. Um, we're going to talk some. Her book is why When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. So if you're a man, you don't need to turn off the radio. Let me explain why. Because, you know, I'm the father of three daughters. I want my daughters to discover their calling and really walk in it joyfully and fulfilled. Uh, Donna, my wife, I want her to walk in the joy of her calling and walk in that fulfillment. I am the dean of the School of Mission, Ministry, and Leadership at Wheaton College. We uh, train uh, women and men for what they believe God's calling them to do. And we, we, we come alongside them on that journey. So, so if, you're, um, if you're in a relationship with people at a church where women... And men are together and present. This conversation is going to be for you, too. And for women who are just asking, well, how do I lead? What can I, what are ways I can develop my leadership? What can I do to grow as a leader? That's what we're going to talk about today. As always, we're going to take your calls as well. So we'll give you that information and that number, too, in just, just a moment. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to get open to the calls. I want to just ask you a few questions to start the conversation. If you want to call, you can get in, you can get in line, 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five is our number. But let's start just with some ideas, kind of the flow from the book. Again, the book is "I Am a Leader: uh, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling." And so, just jump in with this. What's different about a? I guess it would kind of lead to why a book on it. But what's different about a woman finding her calling in ministry and life that's different than a man finding his calling? Why, why a whole separate book? Yeah, so uh, I think there is a lot that actually is similar as far as the process of calling, but um, this book talks about not just finding it, but also what it's like to live it out. Yeah. And so as a woman leader, I just, this is the book, I wrote this book that I wish I had had when I was 20, 21, trying to wrestle with my own calling and figuring that out, what that looks like lived out. And so I think we just, as women leaders, uh, there's um, different things that we have to think about and worry about that uh, men leaders in my experience and conversation don't necessarily have to. And so seasons of life, uh, you know, different cultural expectations, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of walk through what does this, what does this mean? Um, you know, lived out, not just the process of finding it, but what does that look like actually living that out? Love that. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Lynn Kowick, who mm-hmm. we've had a lot of conversations about this, and she's a leader now at Northern Seminary. Yep. Um, but what's what's interesting, she would tell me at times, and others have told me, that my personality, which is kind of a big personality, a yep. large voice, et cetera, et cetera, that, um, that women have to, in their context and the way they lead, is often where someone might see Ed Stetzer and say, well, Ed Stetzer's just charging and going for it. That is a whole other scenario of questions that women leaders have to go through about how Mm -hmm. they'll be received and more. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, strong, uh, strong men are called leaders. Strong women are called a lot of other unsavory things. And so, um, you know, for me, I had to wrestle with like, I, and I even had it from a lot of women just saying kind of this idea of a strong woman, um, what, especially in Christian circles, evangelicalism was uh, not a welcome idea, you know, and, and 
so uh, we just have the challenges of um, that it's not that's not an automatic respected thing. Right. It's something to fight and to overcome. Yeah, there's a certain just because of who I am. Sometimes like, well, that's that's the way he's going to lead. But there are some differences here. So what are some just think in terms of challenges about where women, particularly you're talking about I am a leader, uh, discovering and walking in the joy of that calling. What are some of the challenges that maybe mark some of these differences? Unpack some of those for us. Yeah, the, to clarify that for me, yeah, the yeah. differences between. Yeah, in- between, between how we kind of walk through uh, the challenges that mark the differences between the way women and men lead. And there are some similarities, but kind of I, I mentioned one, just even being a strong personality. But what are some of the other ways that mark some of the differences, ways you give advice and I am a leader? Yeah, one of the, the best images that I have, uh, got from a mentor and and uh, she got it from somewhere it's just that that men following their their calling and their vo- vocation which is you know their voice or, or um, God calling them it's more of a ladder and so there's more of just a serial progression and for women it tends to be more of the image of a garden and so you tend certain parts more during certain seasons of life uh, and so you know I get I would get questioned when I had my uh, first son uh, who's now 22 but um, the assumption was that I would then that that the the call to parenting superseded any other call to other to external sure. ministry. Men don't have that. They right. just go, well, you, oh, you have a kid, great, you keep doing your thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's different again expectations mm-hmm. of what. Uh, so, um, but I had to make choices of which gardens I was going to tend and give my en- energy to yeah. at that time, and that you know that can look different for all women. There's not just a one size fits all calling. I think another challenge that uh, women may have more is, uh, you know, trying to choosing which voices to tune in and which voices to tune out in, you know, um, listening for God's voice, because there's just a lot of voices telling us, you know, within the church and external culturally telling us what our role should be and what's acceptable and what's not and what that should look like. um, And trying to really focus on what is God calling me to do, not what are all these external voices. Or I think the la- one of the loudest ones for a lot of women and has been for me is our internal voice of mm-hmm. doubt or just going, uh, this, you know, I'm feeling some internal tension here. What do I do with that? Yeah. When I was the vice president of Lifeway, I, I did, I had, um, two employees come to me. Um, their, their names are Carol and Lizette. And they said to me, you know, we see a lot of opportunities that, other leaders, and they would say actually men leaders have uh, playing basketball with another one of the vice presidents or things of that sort. And they say, so they came to me and said, you know, we really don't, that's not a thing we're going to jump into. Um, is there a way that we could create some sort of community? And and so I, I just, because they're dear friends, and uh, I said, well, why don't we create a, a women's mentoring and networking group? And so I started a, a women's mentoring and networking group, which was received very, very well by most people. Some people said, well, why are you doing that? But what happened was it enabled us to have conversations. I learned things like even like that about the internal conversation that people are having that are different. You know, men and women are different Mm -hmm. and it's okay to acknowledge that to be the case. Um, So, you know, when, when we began to see some of the distinct differences, they also could talk to one another and mentored. And now I think of like many of them are like key leaders in that or other organizations. And they point back to that time. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense that we've got a, in my view as an evangelicalism, which is not always a friendly place for evangelical uh, women leaders. We've got to find and elevate those voices. And we recognize that people have different theological traditions mm-hmm. and your book is for people in all different theological traditions. Absolutely. Um, and, and to say you can, should, and want to look for, 
ways to elevate women's leaders, women's voices, and more. And there are different ways to do that. And that's a big part we're going to talk about today. Let me, again, invite you to give us a call. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you want to be a leader or grow as a leader. And our number here is 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. We're also going to give away a few copies of I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling, to callers, not just people calling up, getting a book, but to callers with a great comment. So give us a call, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. It's Ed Stetzer Live. Uh, we're taking your calls in just a few moments. I'm talking to Angie Ward. Her new book is I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. It's a new book because it was in 2020, and pretty much everything doesn't count That's in 2020. Right. It was a pandemic. It, yeah, it came out just before everything <laughs> Did shut it really? Down. Oh, yeah. so crazy. Who so, knew? Yeah. yeah. Nobody going to bookstores then, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's so, right. But but I guess Amazon sold a lot of books, and that's yeah. probably the problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not sure the Amazon part's good, but it's good that a lot of books were sold, and hopefully people yes. have been reading. I am a leader when women discover the joy of their calling. So we're going to take calls in just a minute. But how did you end up in this space? You know, writing. I know you have a PhD mm-hmm. and, and have you know studied in this space. But what drew you to leadership that became such a central part of your life? Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, I started out as uh, youth ministry. So went to Trinity outside of Chicago for undergrad youth ministry. Worked at a camp. In northern Wisconsin for a bit. I want to know the camp. What uh, camp? Fort Wilderness. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good. Not far from Honey Rock, the camp that I That's was right. Yep. The Wheaton camp. Yep, That's right. Exactly. Great year uh, yep. there. Then came out to Denver Seminary. Uh, was still doing like youth and family ministry. Um, uh, and uh, then youth ministry in Minnesota when we started out there after seminary. Uh, but as I was doing that, began to realize I really loved working with the student leaders and with the adult leaders. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and that kind of coincided with the rise of kind of leadership studies and minister or an emphasis of leadership. Yeah, and so I was not, like, it's not been around forever. Oh, that's a thing, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and then we moved to North Carolina. My husband's a pastor. So we've been several different places around the country doing ministry. And I just, just also started realizing I see systems in a way that I, the th- you know, the things that are gifts to you, you think everybody sees naturally, you know, and so that was one of the things I was like, oh, I, I have a perspective and see some things. And I started realizing that's a leadership thing and organizational perspectives. And, um, and so then realized I was feeling, speaking of calling, feeling like God actually very clearly told me I was done with hands-on youth ministry. And then uh, he said, I've got something else for you. I said, great, what's next? And then he was quiet for a couple of years. And mm. so, uh, but realize it was this realization. I am a leader. It was about more broad leadership, equipping and encouraging for the church, big C church, and not just youth ministry, but uh, the whole leadership thing. So that's when I went on for my PhD at Southern and ministry leadership. And yeah, have kind of been going from there. Fascinating, fascinating. And of course, um, you have now, you know, you're serving at Denver, very well, well-known, widely respected seminary, uh, Mark Young, president, lots yep. of good, lots of good folks doing good things there. Um, all right. So let me remind again to, to the folks listening that we are talking about uh, leadership. We're talking about uh, really in, partly encouraging women leadership as well. Uh, Angie is a leadership author and teacher, 30 years of experience in church, parachurch, Christian higher education. Her book is I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling, our number 877-548-3675. I'd be interested, you know, how are you 
listeners, you know, trying to develop the leadership gifts in the people in your church. You, you know, the, in, in my case, I, my daughters or, or the people that I lead at the, at the graduate school or wherever else it may be. Maybe you've got some insights or questions, 877-548-3675. So is there, is there a leadership role for everyone in some area of their life? I've always heard of people debate that. What do, what do you think? Yeah, well, and I define leadership, I mean, at its core, it's influence, yeah. you know, and so I say it's influence on people to movement toward a vision. Mm-hmm. And so there, it's a people thing. It's not just solely administrative with, you know, pushing paper or whatever, but it's to movement toward a vision. But I think that can happen in a lot of contexts. We tend to think of it as um, an organizational structure. You're at the top of the hierarchy. But, uh, you know, I think if anywhere you have that kind of influence and you're intentional about storing that, stewarding that to help people move toward a direction, uh, you're exercising leadership. So I think a discipleship relationship can be that. I think a teacher can be that. I think a parent, a mom certainly can be that. Uh, there's just, a, you know, a lot of other contexts that, uh, you know, people go, well, I'm not a leader. It's like, well, then they what they mean again is I'm not either in a position or I don't feel equipped to be like leading a corporation, you know, and right. I try to kind of flatten the understanding of that. I like that. I like that. So um, how do you find your calling? And that's a key part of the book. How do you find your calling? And unpack that a little bit. How do you know it's your calling? Is it similar to discovering your spiritual gifts? How does all that work? Yeah, that's yeah, big question. Just the whole uh, thing. I know you wrote a whole book on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's called I Am a Leader, by the way. But tell us kind of the, the Cliff Notes version of some of that. Yeah. So uh, how do you find that? First of all, attuning your ear to the Holy Spirit, you know. And so, but I think there's a lot of ways God can, can use this. Elizabeth Elliot talked about, uh, you know, kind of natural and supernatural means. And so there's a lot of ways that God, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit shows us kind of, he's inviting us to join him. And, I, and there's, I think a primary calling to follow him. Jesus says, follow me, you know, and who do you say I am? And then for those of us who have made that commitment, he invites us to join his work in the world. And so that can look look different for everybody. So I think he can use our passions, um, our experiences. You know, I've talked to people who have had a more supernatural experience, like they've they feel like they've heard something from God, you know, they uh, but a lot of times it's just in the everyday going like like for me, I was like, Boy, God really seems to be using me through this stuff. I I feel his pleasure to use the Eric Little from Chariots Fire kind of thing. Like I just man, I just feel like this is who as I was designed and created to be. Uh, and so it's paying attention to all those different things. Um, sometimes it can be uh, someone else speaking into your life and saying, hey, I just really see that. I had some of that in my life. People going, wait, great leadership. I'm like, oh, is that what that is? That's the first time somebody called it that instead of bossy. Oh wow! And I was like, oh, maybe that can be channeled for good, you know, yeah. and not for evil, you yeah. know. <laughs> so I think there's just a lot of ways, but it starts with tuning your ear to the Holy Spirit and looking being will being obedient and willing to follow. I love that. And, you know, naming leadership is so key. I remember uh, sitting down with um, with one of the one of the leaders, one of the women leaders in our mentoring group. And I said to her, um, you really could lead substantially in this area. And today mm-hmm. she's actually the vice president of mm-hmm. a major ministry and she's led out in that. And 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 she says, you know, you're the first person who named it. And yep. I think ultimately there's a power to naming that as as well. Well, let, let's take a call. Let's go to Brandon, Florida. Michael, you are live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Okay, we don't hear Michael, so we will try that a little bit later on for sure. Okay, so, um, you know, what are some key qualities there are to being a leader? What do you think those might be? Well, I think uh, leadership is ultimately stewardship. You know, if you have that influence, you have to steward that influence and steward your calling. So um, I think... You know, 
first of all, it's just very much what has God given me to steward and uh, how am I using that? I think there's uh, so I mean, there's a skill piece. I think leadership, there's, there's a skill piece to it. There's a gift to it and there's an art to it. You know, so some people are more naturally gifted at certain leadership in certain types of arenas or types of it. Uh, areas. Um, and, but there's also a skill piece that pe- can be learned and developed. That's why I teach at a seminary, because we believe that there's a place that you can you can teach about the skill. But then there's the art piece, and that's the, like medicine or like teaching, it's like knowing h- how to apply the s- which skills uh, and which medicine in what quantity in that situation for a certain thing. And so, um, you know, I, I think we start out by helping people go, and you might have a gift to this, calling that out in somebody. I see some skills that are working and then beginning to develop the art, which is the wisdom piece of that that comes with uh, experience and going, okay, I'm serving these people. I'm stewarding these people. I'm stewarding these gifts. I'm stewarding this role and this authority. How do I put all those things together? And I mean, the key is is always just time with the Lord and, and listening for the spirit. Love it. Love it. And of course, you know, we talk about some of that development. You mentioned you're at a seminary, you're at Denver. I'm at the Wheaton College Graduate mm-hmm. School. This program is produced by Moody Bible Institute, right? right? Moody is ministry of them and Moody Theological Seminary. So we believe in all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let's go to Luann in Idaho. Luann, you're live on the air. What's your question or comment? Uh, my comment is, thank you for having me. My comment is um, I've been a a woman in ministry now for a little over 40 years, and it's it's been a a really difficult road just Mm -hmm. because of the kind of distrust and um, and I think some uh, misunderstanding of why women would uh, pursue a calling in ministry. And what I have found over the years is that so many of my women colleagues are uh, so very sure of God's calling in their life because they've had so many difficult hurdles to overcome um, mm. as they've made that journey, where uh, men's calling have, have not been questioned as much. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, there's just been a huge inequity in so many things in the areas of ministry salary, um, opportunities for where we, we do ministry, uh, right. like with myself, op- often I've had to go places where men were not willing to go, and right. Right. always at the bottom right. of the pay scale because men would not accept, you know, the, the, the salary or the, whatever was offered sure. for them. Sure, sure. Uh, so it's it's been a real struggle. We've made some progress in the 40 years, uh, for sure, mm-hmm. but we certainly have a long, long way to go. But well, uh, I want to, if really, you don't mind, I want to give, oh, really, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I really admire the women who have uh, stayed in there and, and kept their feet to the fire um, mm. because they're, they're in it to serve the Lord and to bring glory to God, and uh, they're amazing, amazing women, and I just want to lift them up, and, yeah. and hopefully, yeah. Yeah, we, and we want to do something, too. You don't mind if you'll stay on the line. Thank you for your call, Luann. Super helpful. Uh, my producer, Karen, is going to get on line with you, and we want to give you a copy of I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. But, you know, Luann, Luann in Idaho is kind of indicating that it's harder to get, not kind of clearly indicating, it's harder to get in some of those spaces and leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a, you know, you lead a doctoral ministry program at mm-hmm. a seminary. 
But even that is, you know, unusual for women leaders in some of those different roles. Mm -hmm. So how would you respond to a woman leader who's saying, you know, I, I do want to lead, but the church is not a place where my leadership is recognized. I want to go somewhere else to get that leadership. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, you know, um, and yeah, thanks, Lynn, for your, your comments and your experience there. Um, you know, one of the things I say is that our God-given calling is lived out in the rea- – all of us, men and women, is lived out in the reality of human systems. And, um, you know, unfortunately, as, as you've experienced, and, I, and in my book, I interview over 50 women about their experiences as well. And so that you certainly uh, echo that, you know, that um, especially from, you, know, you say you've been doing it 40 years. So, uh, you know, certain generational things, it's just been, it's just been rough. There's, there's questions, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, women who have had to seek out outside, you know, they've been in either missions or educational context, parachurch, uh, where sometimes they have more opportunities for that. And so that's something, uh, I think another challenge, uh, you know, and you talked about early on about differences between men and women. There's certain arenas that there's just more questions or challenges for that in those human systems than in others. Um, and so we just have to be aware that that uh, again, tuning your voice to to what's God saying, and and then what does that look like lived out in these realities of human systems? Yeah, so good, good question. Let's go to Michael in Brandon, Florida. Michael, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, my question is, how can I help my wife, who is a leader in the church, to encourage her to do more for God? And my granddaughter, who's watching us. Love it. Wife and granddaughter. Thank you so much, Michael, for your call. Hang on the line. We want to give you a copy of I Am a Leader, When Women Discover Their Joy of Calling. So Michael's asking, how can I help support my wife and my granddaughter in their leadership aspirations? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love your desire to do that and to support them and encourage them in that way. Uh, you know, depends, I'm not sure on what your role is uh, at the church or, you know, and you're, you said woman of the church. And so I think, uh, like I said, just calling out that leadership and begin, you know, recognizing that and saying, um, you know, I, I believe you're called and, and gifted for this. It seems like God is really blessing your ministry there. Um, uh, being a support to them and, um, I would say sometimes it might be speaking into the, some of those human systems, but definitely being, uh, you know, just an advocate for those women in your life and saying, how can I help you? And listening to what the tensions are that they're experiencing. I think we just, the, the conversation in general is just so, uh, there's so much tension in it. And so if we can take the air out of that, those conversations, whether it's in our own home, in our church, in our other contexts, uh, to to just have honest conversations. Here's what it feels like to be a woman. Here's how I perceive you as a woman leader. Here's how I perceive you as a male leader. What does that look like as brothers and sisters in Christ to really be following and uh, finding and following God's invitation for us, each of us? Yeah, and I think it's so important. And I love, I love the emphasis that you're bringing here today. I also love the emphasis that we, we see, you know, we're on Moody Radio, Moody Bible Institute. Uh, they have a wonderful conference called... Uh, called, 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 oh, yeah. uh, em- empowering women for ministry leadership. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I think people all over are asking, how do we do that? What have we missed out on? How do we elevate uh, women's voices and more? And that can, again, across all different theological traditions, in all those places, mm-hmm. we can elevate women's voices more. You're listening to Ed Stetzer Live, and we're going to continue our conversation with Angie Ward about her book, I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. In just a minute, we're going to take your calls as well. Let me remind you, 877-548-3675. Give us a call, 877-548-3675. 
Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live. People are calling in on the phones. Want to invite you to as well. We're talking about women in leadership and how we uh, raise up and speak into and help women, or in my case, having father of girls. Uh, speak into their lives and their journey as well. Her book is, Angie Ward's book is, I'm a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. We've given away a couple of copies of that um, already. All right, one of the things you talked about earlier that really uh, resonated with me was that where women often as leaders tend gardens mm -hmm. in different ways. And that's a great word picture. And if you came up with it, great. If you I did, did not. If, okay, well, don't tell me because no. I'd like to think you yeah. came up with it. Um, but we're doing this course this summer at the campus of Wheaton College, and we have a partnership with Propel. Uh, Christine Kane will be in the program soon. Um, and in the partnership with Propel, we're offering a course this summer. And I'm, I'm one of the teachers in it. Uh, Rochelle Sherman, I think, is the professor of record. Uh, Beth Moore is coming to teach, and uh, Christine will do some. And well, one of the professors at Wheaton, it's mostly women who are teaching the mm -hmm. course because it's mostly propels a partnership with women leaders. Yep. Um, and actually, they want to propel women into leadership. That's the, the language. Yeah. Um, but one of the professors um, who's, a, who's a, a historical theologian at Wheaton tweeted that she'll be talking balancing being a Bible teacher and a mother mm. and more. And I will tell you, I've never done a talk. I've been asked, but I've never intentionally done a talk that was how I balance being a father and being a pastor. Mm -hmm. Now, when people ask me about it, I love talking about it because I really work hard at it. But that's such a bigger issue that she would actually put it in a class that yes. we're going to lecture yeah. in front of all of that. First of all, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that we should be talking more about that. I try to talk a lot about my family. I, I tweet a lot about my family. People follow me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I have to delete those tweets. I have it auto-delete because of some threats against my family. Mm -hmm. But I kind of did this negotiation with the law enforcement folks that if I don't leave them up, people can't track them long term. But I want people to know my family is really important to me. Yeah. But I don't have to do that where it seems like I mean, to actually make this a part of our course this summer. So tell us about how the balance of that those gardens works and how you encourage women to both explore their calling, knowing that their calling may at times be motherhood and knowing their calling may be a CEO of a company. And, and sometimes those are at the same time. How, yep. how does that work? Well, like just what you said, you know, I, you know, there's um, – I can call us to multiple things in that garden, you know, men and women. And like, uh, like you said, there's just, um, the more of the understanding for men that's like, well, of course you'll do both those things, you know, but for women, it's a lot of times feeling like they have to choose, uh, you know, about a decade ago, I was just praying, longing for a mentor who, uh, who was a woman leader. I want, was looking for someone who, got the leadership side of things, but also not at the sacrifice of family. Like you said, kind of prioritizing both of those things, multiple things, uh, being in community. And I had the hardest time trying to find somebody because mm. it was so um, dichotomous. You know, people said it, it needs to be one or the other. You need to choose. And I was feeling this internal tension when I, I came to Denver Seminary before I was married because God called me into vocational ministry. The he first called, time, like you're back as yeah, a professor. Yeah, yeah, but, as, a student, right, as a student. That's right, as a student, right. as a master's student. Uh, because God called me into ministry, called, called me to Denver Seminary. I met my my husband there. We ended up going, you know, Minnesota doing ministry, having kids. But God never took, I never, God never took away that call, that initial vocational ministry thing. Mm -hmm. But he added the husband and the children kind yeah. of thing. And I didn't. Nobody else was speaking to that, you know, and so it is. That's one of the things in the book. I just say you are unique and you are not alone. There's other people wrestling with this stuff. And I just wanted to create a place to call out some of those tensions and name those things that 
that we feel as women. Love that. You'll see that more in I Am a Leader when women discover the joy of their calling. We're going to go to, I hope I have your name correctly, but Kasha in Spring, Texas, you're live on the air. And please correct me if I got your name wrong, but you're live on the air. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, this is Kasha, and I actually have gotten to hear from Angie a couple times over the past few years. So my question is, um, I work in a church, and many of the women in my church and other churches uh, don't have necessarily women leaders on staff that are in the areas where they want to grow. Perhaps they're not interested in just children's ministry or youth ministry where the sort of preoccupation of women leaders are. So how do they make those bridging connections for mentoring and coaching with uh, male staff members, male um, leaders in a way that's appropriate relationship? I just sense a lot of awkwardness from my female colleagues in, in getting the best coaching and mentoring they can when it's a male colleague. So any tips there? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, cash money, my friend. It's good to hear. So you know, yeah, you actually, know, okay, know cash. that's so yeah. fun. It is yeah, fun because sometimes great. we have people on the show, someone will call in that they know, yeah. and everyone's a little nervous. Can we acknowledge that we know that person? We can acknowledge that we know that's that great. person. So. Well, well, and that is a great question. So, Because um, I should say the show is everyone lists, like millions and millions of people listen to the show. So all your friends are listening right now. That's all I want to say. Yeah, all 10 of them. All 10 of them, exactly. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a real tension. I'm working, I've, I've had a, a pastor here, uh, a man here in Denver, who just recently uh, said, hey, can we meet for coffee? And said, um, okay, this is kind of, I don't know how to not make this clunky. Can you mentor my, uh, the women leaders and my staff and just help? He said, I just don't know how to do this. And so sometimes it's, I think, you know, women going to ask, they men just go, uh, uh, you know, and women do. It's just such a fraught conversation. Um, and so, you know, it's like trying to find where's the, the safest person that you can go without coming across as, um, I have an agenda or you're not doing this for me kind of thing and, and, and making it a, more of a, a brother sister conversation. I think part of it is that we've just, we, we've lost this. We're brothers and sisters laboring together kind of thing. And so, and sometimes that might be finding, um, men and women outside of your particular context and not putting all those eggs in that one contextual basket, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I've talked about this about just having a network, uh, kind of a web of mentors and people speaking, uh, and helping you through that stuff because sometimes the, the emotions are too, because when you both have kind of skin in the game or a dog in the fight in that organizational context, right, it just inside becomes, that church, yeah, right, inside right, that church. Right. And so are there ways you can do that as a network locally or within another branch of the ministry, depending on the size of your church. Or um, so you have multiple streams, and it's not just all. If I don't get this from the, from this place, it's not going to happen because then it just puts so much pressure on everyone. Does that yeah. is that helpful? That, that is a kick cash. I want you to hold on to because I'm going to be a copy of the book. If you don't have it already, she probably has she it already. Have it. She does have it already. Well, we'll give her another one to share with a friend. Um, so, and but I, I would say that one of the questions too is, you know, should men and women mentor one another? And I'm actually of the view that that's in particularly in a professional world where I am, that's just normal. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's how we work. So there are, you know, women leaders on my staff that I'm mentoring. I would say at Lifeway, I created a mentoring group. There are ways to do that. You can create mentoring communities and more. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, would, I would just say that, that seeing each other as brothers and sisters is key, I think, to that as, as well. Well, let's, let's go to Rick in Leesburg, Florida. Rick's called before. He knows that I love Leesburg, Florida. So I always say a nice thing. My brother went to About Leesburg. Leesburg. My brother went to Leesburg High School. So there's a there's a win right there. So Rick, you're live on the air. Yes. 
Uh, I was just just uh, when I was listening to what you're you're discussing here, uh, I got to thinking. You know, when I was first married back in 1964, uh, just a while ago, uh, <laughs> my wife was brilliant, and we did a lot of work together, and she was very very successful. And uh, anyway, what I'm uh, getting at is that in the secular world today, we have a lot of women leaders, some that have developed companies that are in, you know, that are uh, making millions and billions of dollars. And uh, so why do we just uh, relegate this to the secular world? If the secular world can do it, why can't the evangelical world do the same thing? Well, come on now. Come on now. Rick's coming to cause problems today. Rick, hold on the line, too. We're going to be a copy of I Am a Leader When Women Discover the Joy They're Calling. But i got to tell you. I find that the women leaders I have the privilege to interact with and sometimes mentor tell me that they have far more opportunities outside the church than they do yeah. inside the church. And it's not about offices or roles. It's, it's leadership in general. So how do we become that kind of place where women leaders, like Rick is calling for, like women leaders are welcomed and valued often like they are in the secular world? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, uh, Rick from Leesburg. Rick from Leesburg. Leesburg well, well. I mentioned my brother. Went, anyway, yeah, and I exactly. think I said also too, hang on the line, Rick, if I didn't say this, we're going to give you a copy of I Am a Leader. Yeah, so, I, there's just, I just find there's sometimes the church within the church, you know, local and big C, it's just... It's a fearful, there's so much fear, like, uh, I, I, partly it's fear of, like, I don't want to offend someone, you know, even, uh, you know, the, the I don't want to make a wrong step. I don't, what, what is this can of worms I open? But there's, there's just ways you can, it, again, going to that brother-sister thing, you know, I was talking to this pastor here in Denver that's asked me to do some mentoring of his uh, women leaders and staff. He and I are just going to have a conversation, you know, so he was, he was talking about, like, can I, you know, like like Ed said, can I mentor? Can we co-mentor one another? You know, and and we just need to pull. And so he's talking about um, a longtime friend and his wife. They vacation together and stuff. And I said, well, would you ever have this conversation with this woman? He said, well, sure. And I said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, she's like a sister. There you go. Well, okay. How can we recover this brother and sisterness? That really is what's modeled in the in the Bible of the body of Christ. And uh, I think we need to shift our you know foundational understanding instead of a a fearful thing going we've all made you know beautifully fearfully wonderfully and in the image of god we all carry that image and and so then you're my brother and sister and of course how would i help uh you know how would i have this conversation within our family with my brother and with my sister yeah, it's a good word and a good reminder, too. And, and a reminder that all the institutions talking about here, from Moody Bible Institute, which, you know, we talked about earlier, so, you know, right, does this whole program, to Denver, to Wheaton, they're all asking those questions. How do we elevate and raise up women leaders? The book is I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of the Calling. we got one more segment, one more shot at your call, 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. As we continue our conversation with Angie Ward at Denver Seminary. Stay with us. Hey, we're back. Final segment here at Ed Stetzer Live. Let me mention that Ed Stetzer Live is, uh, you have a great team that behind the scenes that make the magic happen. Courtney Young's our engineer. Karen Hendren is our producer. Claire Seagard, man in the phones today as well. And, uh, and thanks to the folks here at Cherry Hills Community Church who set up a studio for me to do this. As always, to hear today's program again, you'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or on the Moody Radio app. Connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias that the kids are on at Ed Stetzer Live <laughs> as well. Days. The kids these days are on, they're on the socials. So, um, okay, so talk to me a little bit, 
because people have been listening and you've got a lot of great response even in our calls. What if I'm feeling these tensions around leadership that we've kind of walked through today? Yeah, yeah, that's so important. I, you know, I think um, we have to remember God wants us more than what he can do through us. And so all of those tensions and challenges, you know, and, and frustrations are and can be used by God uh, as part of shaping us into his character, you know, and, and uh, um, into Christ-likeness. And so, uh, you know, it'd be nice to just have a wide open door, but it's through the challenges that we grow. Um, and also, I just re- want to remind you that um, God is always at work and God never wastes anything. That's you good. know, you think through this, the biblical stories of, of people who, Moses, 40 years, my goodness, you know, and but that was not wasted time. And so what for us feels like a lot of times, I wish I could be doing or wish could, you know, why are these barriers? These are opportunities that God's using and can use. Um, Sometimes it's by human systems, but God can still use those. And and how we respond to them is how it shapes us. I love it. We had Heather Thompson Day on the program, um, and she talked a little bit about um, when it's not your turn. How do you, Mm. you know, how do you wait and how do you wait on God and more? Okay, I'm going to try to get some callers, but callers need your help. we got to make these calls pretty quick, so we've only got a few minutes left in the program. But Jenny's got a great question from Idaho. Jenny, you're live on the air. Hi, yes. Jenny, go ahead. We've got only a few minutes. Okay, we, we, don't, we don't have Jenny, so we'll move on from there. No worries. Okay, so uh, talk to me a little bit about um, the burden of leadership. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, what scriptures would you recommend maybe that people lean on both, you know, through some of those challenges times, or what advice would you have in general? Well, yeah, leadership can be burdensome because there's a stewardship piece. There's a great responsibility and accountability piece for that. Um, I think one of the important things is to not do it, go it alone. You know, throughout scripture we see – uh, the Christian life is supposed to be lived in community. There's one another's. And so um, uh, uh, there is a stewardship there. You will be accountable for that. That's all the more reason why we shouldn't be doing these things alone. We should be uh, finding mentors, finding other people to support us, to speak into our lives, uh, to not just view it as the top of the hierarchy or the ladder. Uh, but to view this as a leadership as a communal exercise. Okay, good. Let's keep trying to trying to make these quickly. Whitney in Chicago, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, the Holy Spirit said to me, what do you want to do with me? Because you have faith in me, because you love me, and you'll stay committed to it because you have hope in me. And I'm like, how do you, like, answer that? Like, how do you equip yourself? How do you answer that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, good question. So how do you, and Whitney, stay in line. I want to give you a copy of I Am a Leader, When Women Discover the Joy of Their Calling. So, I mean, Whitney, how do you answer the Lord's calling? I mean, where do you go from there when you feel that prompting? Yeah, I think, you know, I just say, what what is the next thing? You know, sometimes we go, we, we want this grand vision of the whole thing, you know, and, and revealed all at once. And, oh, it's this, or, or we are intimidated by the bigness of it. And so just go, what's the, what's the one next thing? And maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's uh, learning something more. It's reading something. Maybe it's more time in prayer. Maybe it's uh, trying something out, you know. And, and so, you know, like Abraham, God says, get up and go to the land. I'll show you. You know, it's just one step at a time kind of thing. And so, again, that requires us to stay very close to to God and to the Holy Spirit to listen to what is it that you have for me today? Good. Eric in Southern California, listening on K-Wave, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I have a 23-year-old daughter who is getting her master's at Grand Canyon University. She obviously has a, a awesome. calling for serving the Lord, and she has been defined, as you, as you say, Ms. Ward, we have defined her as a leader. 
Will your book help her specify which goals or which type of leaderships that she could go into, whether it be ministry or not? Uh, I think it will help her listen more closely to the spirit who will then tell her that. Right. So it's more it's more of your own kind of walking through reflection of your own leadership. I think. But it can be applied. I think, you know, Eric's getting at can it be applied in both secular and ministry settings? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think it helps you start realizing how how do I hear God? How and what is he telling me? And so I think all those things are part of that discernment process. And it'll help you ask some. I think it'll help her ask some of those questions. Yeah, good. We're going to try Jenny again. Jenny, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Yes. I had a question about women in midlife heading into even into their 60s. And what mm-hmm. what encouragement would you have? And do you see a movement of women rising up in leadership at this time? Oh, can I, I just did. say first that I'm yeah. glad we got to Jenny's call. That yeah. We got back to Jenny. Jenny, great call. I'm out of books, but still great call. So go ahead. That's great. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. I'm 51. So um, my word is we need you. This is uh, um, we need women who are in midlife and beyond. We need your wisdom. We need your mentorship. We need the experience you have. You have a lot of times we have time and resources that we didn't have when we were full of energy. 22 to 23. I mean, I, in the book, I talk about the unique challenges and opportunities that we have at each stage of life. So we need you. Love that. Good word. And, 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 and Jenny, thank you for your call. That was, that was worth us coming back to for sure. Okay. Um, so we've seen a lot of leaders fail lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been all over the news. How do leaders protect themselves from those kinds of failures? What advice would you give? It might not be in the book, but kind of extrapolate. For yeah. Us. And I think this is for men and women. I, you know, I think it's not just pushing against the outside things. I think it's strengthening our internal life. And, uh, uh, again, just, there's no substitute for time with God every day. Uh, and, you know, scripture and prayer and just and not, not just telling God, but listening to God. And so, uh, you know, we, we just have a lot of outside distractions that clutter our time and our lives. And instead of living centered and just really rooted in Christ. And so I think that's the key for men and women leaders. Yeah, he's coming back to that. And, and I think. Yeah. When we see the leadership failures, we often hear a story, a company that somewhere along the way, someone got distracted, someone, yeah. something changed in who they were. All right. So yeah, God wants us more than what we can do for love that. I love that. All right. So where do you think a church should be heading on these issues? What can churches do? Because again, our audience is not, you know, all pastors and leaders, yep. but what can churches do to recognize and enable women leaders to recognize their gifts, uh, enable and help their voices be more heard and then there's thrive in leadership roles. Give us some closing advice. We, yeah, got, th- we got a little over a minute or so. Okay. Yeah. I think just looking at what are your systems and structures, these human systems, and where are we lacking women's voices, not necessarily positions or power, that type of thing, but, but where can we, um, bring women's voices in, you know, and especially in those life stages where women tend to pull away from that type of stuff. Like that's, those are the, what are the unheard voices that we need to bring in and how can we do that? And that's just a contextual thing. There's not one set way to mm-hmm. do that. Well, what are, you said there's some stages when women tend to pull away. I don't think we address that. What are some places you see that? Well, I think, uh, you know, to the, the last question, caller, uh, you can, um, you know, we think, well, I'm 50, 60, there's nothing I can give anymore, for I example. See. Or women who are busy with, in thick of child rearing, you know, the rate, child yeah. parenting days, or, or they're, or they're in full-time work else you know, out in the marketplace. And so, so they're like, I'm too busy for this, but we, those voices need to be still brought in. Even if they feel like they're too busy to do, we still need their voices. 
Well, Angie, I'm thankful for your voice. I'm thankful you came here on Ed Stetzer Live today and our audience got to listen. Let me remind everybody, as always, that you can download the podcast at edstetzerlive.com. I think you click one other thing. It doesn't like immediately download, but you can subscribe at all the places the cool kids down podcasts. Like, where do they do that? Like Stitcher and iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I tried to not even iTunes anymore. I'm so out of date. But anyway, at Apple Podcasts. That's so 2020. It is so 2020. That's so true. But hey, and we just want to thank you, as always, for entrusting us with your Saturday, this hour together. We talk about important issues in our time, culture, and context. And did I mention that Friends are Friends Forever? Michael W. Smith mm. is going to be on. She's got the, lighter. the, the lighter going yep, back and forth right now. We want to invite you. Make sure you listen my next app. week. We lighter app. Exactly. We don't have light, <laughs> lighters right. anymore. They wouldn't even apps. let them into a stadium. You can't even get into a concert. Anyway, moving on. I'm a little bitter. Um, so, But again, thank you for listening. As always, thanks to our team here as well. So next week, I'll talk to Grammy Award winning Michael W. Smith about his about That's his awesome. father. So we, he wrote, he's written a book on his father. It's pretty fascinating. Wow. Both his earthly one and his heavenly father we'll talk about. He says each shaped him to become the father and grandfather he is today. And for the first time, I might I get to play a little bit of music on the show as well. So it's special Father's Day edition of Ed Stetzer Live. Remember, as always, to download the podcast, connect with us. Thanks for our caller. Sorry we couldn't get to everyone. Remember, this is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Peace. See you next week.